Mindfulness Mode. And I was able to forgive her because I know that her life was not easy. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for joining me today. And if you're new, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here. I do interview guests every Thursday, and on Mondays I release a solo episode. I always love to hear from you, Mindful Tribe, so let me know what you think of my show. I always look forward to that. Send me an email, bruce at mindfulnessmode.com. And I want to thank my sponsor, the Cascade Hypnosis Center. Today, I'm talking about mindset. Would you like to be able to tweak your mindset? Are you you ready for a transformation? So many of my coaching clients have told me they've come to me because they're stuck. They feel like they are trying to achieve something and they just can't get their mindset on track to accomplish what they want to have happen in their life. And believe me, I've been there. I've been there myself. I can remember times in my life when, you know, this was me. I just couldn't seem to move forward. And luckily, I was able to, uh, you know, achieve some uh, things in my life and move forward and make things happen. And, And I'm just so happy to be able to help other people do that now through my podcast and other methods. So, so let's dig into this topic of mindset. So sit back, relax and enjoy today's episode. I'm going to share nine ways to change your mindset, nine ways to transform what's happening in your life to become Uh, more content, to become happier because you're going to feel more satisfied about what's happening. And the first method is identify your self-talk. So I've talked about this on the show before, and I I often refer to this as self-bullying. Notice what you're saying to yourself. You know, maybe... uh, Maybe if you're doing something and it doesn't go right, do you hear a voice in your head saying, oh, you're always messing up or you're always, you know, making mistakes or whatever? Like only you know what some of these messages are that you're hearing inside your mind and maybe you don't even notice them. Maybe they're just just happening and you're not really that aware or maybe you're very clearly aware what are some of the actual messages that you're hearing in your mind and what i would say is flip them around into a positive message like if you've got this message that keeps coming up in your mind you know oh i can't earn money or i can't i can't I can't do this certain thing right, I can't cook, or I can't, you know, whatever it is, turn it around. Like, for instance, with that money one, start start with something like money flows to me in abundance and just flip it and start to think positively about it instead of thinking, you know, in that negative way. So the very first step is to identify this self-talk. Make sure that you're aware of it. You know when it's happening. You know some of the things that that your your inner self-bullying mind is saying to yourself. And jot down some of these messages. And once you get control of this, you can move forward. And that takes me to the second point. And the second point is about mantras and affirmations. And many human beings, and I think probably all human beings, experience the imposter syndrome at some time or another. And I don't know if you've heard of the imposter syndrome, but what that means is that somewhere in your subconscious or even your conscious mind, you believe that you don't deserve 
your accomplishments or that you're somehow a fraud or somewhere deep in your mind, you're worried that maybe people are going to find out that you've been faking it, that you're not really legit. All of these thoughts, this is the imposter syndrome. And maybe you worry that, that uh, you know, people are going to kind of catch on to what you're really about. Well, mantras and affirmations can help to con- counter this belief, this negativity that's happening in your mind. The words mantras and affirmations are often used interchangeably, but they're actually different. They're different in where those words originated, and they're actually different in their meanings. Mantras are words or sounds or just short sound bites. And a lot of times people associate mantras with mysticism or spirituality, and they're meant to help you gain inner peace. And I really believe in them. I truly believe that they can help you to be more contented and certainly help you to find more inner peace. Now, the idea of affirmations came from neuroscientists, and they came from what those scientists understand about psychotherapy and linguistics, about how words can affect our brains and the the neural pathways in our brains. They believe that you can consciously rewire thought patterns towards more desired outcomes by repeating impactful phrases and sentences referring to something you absolutely believe in or you want to believe in and, and live in the present moment. So some of the mantras I personally use are, well, here's one, I am a strong, confident creator. So it's just a short, very positive mantra. And of course, I create content all the time. I'm always creating podcast episodes and and I do a lot of writing. And and so just by repeating that mantra, it it feels like it gives me confidence and strength. And I practice a system that uses affirmations and self-hypnosis And I repeat nine different affirmations over and over every day, just at a certain time in the day. So it's like a form of meditation, really. And these affirmations help me to work through past experiences and events that I might have otherwise pushed down. It helps me process my my pain or anger or just confused thoughts in a positive way. And I think as human beings, we all have a certain amount of pain or anger down there, and it's really important to process that. And the name of the system that I use is Seventh Path Self-Hypnosis. And one of the the affirmations that I use is, in everyone and everything, I see compassion— and I find that very, very impactful because I, I believe in that and I think that mindfulness and self-hypnosis is very closely connected because it's getting in touch with the, the present moment and understanding not to be judgmental and understanding how to be more present and uh, be more, well, like I said, just living in the moment in a positive way. Now, moving forward, number three, understand the conscious and subconscious mind and the difference between the two. Now, Erica Flint, my hypnosis teacher, explained it this way. 
and I find this quite impactful. She said, imagine that there's, there's a dark room, no windows, it's a completely dark room, and you open the door and you look into that dark room and you can see absolutely nothing. You know there's you know that it's a room, you know the walls are there, you know there are things in that room, but you just can't see anything in that room because it is so completely and totally dark. But then you have a flashlight. So you you shine a flashlight into the room and the flashlight is shining a beam of light and you can see one thing at a time you look and you can see oh there there's a shelf a bookshelf and on that bookshelf you can see a book but as you look at that book because the beam of light is shining right on the the spine of that book you can see that, but you can't really see anything else in the room until you shine that beam of light elsewhere. That is like the conscious mind. The conscious mind can just, just be aware of a very small amount of information at one time. Now, let's say you then reach over and you flip on the light in the room and suddenly the whole room is illuminated and you can see that there's that there's a television in the room and that there are uh, four chairs in the room and there's a couch and there's more than one bookcase. There are three bookcases in the room and there is, uh, let's say, a table and chairs and there's, you know, a whole array of, of things in that room that you can just glance and at an instant you can see all of those many things in the room. That's like the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind has so much going on and it's multifaceted. There's just all kinds of things happening in the subconscious mind. But with the conscious mind, we can only be aware of a very small amount at any given time. So learning to understand the difference between the conscious and the subconscious mind and how in the subconscious mind, we actually push things down deep into the subconscious mind. And many times we, you know, we don't want to examine those things. We don't want to uh, bring them up and process them. And in fact, because we are pushing them down, we are causing ourselves harm. We are we are causing ourselves to not be able to move forward. We're causing ourselves to be stuck because we have like something bubbling down there, something that is bothering us in our subconscious mind, but we don't quite understand what that's about. We're not aware of it. We don't, we don't have the power in our conscious mind to really examine it and see it. So understanding the conscious and subconscious mind is, is a very important aspect of learning how to move forward and break through your mind blocks and understandable mindset. Number four, spend time with like-minded people. Now, if you're with people who are on a similar path to you, that can help you to really feel good about where you are, to feel a sense of of pride about what you've accomplished and and to live in the moment you know in the case of mindfulness now jim rohn famously said this quote and you've probably heard this before that we are the average of the five people we spend the most time with so i'll repeat that 
You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And this relates to the law of averages, which is a theory that the result of any given situation will be the average of all outcomes. Now, it makes sense. I think it it makes complete sense that we kind of move to that common denominator. And if we're spending time with people who just want to think surface thoughts and and they want to they don't want to examine any of these deeper thoughts they have they have no interest in mindfulness they have no interest in really moving forward they just want to live day to day and and so on then that's that's kind of where you will settle as well but if you are spending time with people that want more people believe people that believe in mindfulness and and learning and advancing themselves then you will want to do that as well so the people we surround ourselves with are the biggest influence on our behaviors on our attitudes and subsequently on the results that we can achieve so so really think about that. That can set the course of your life. That can really change things for you and change things for your mindset in a big way if you begin to spend more time with the people you resonate with and less time with the people that are holding you back. So number five, create new habits. So you have the power to create new habits. You have the power to examine the habits that you have in your life and you can uh, phase out habits that are no longer serving you. Maybe they once did, but you can phase those habits out. And if you're finding it impossible to do that, then there are ways to do that. But you can create new habits that can feed you, new habits that can help your mindset, that can help you to move forward. Now, one book that I read about this that I I just really, really value is called The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. And this is just a great book because one of the things is that he uses a lot of scientific references and he talks about scientific discoveries that explain why habits exist and how they can be changed. And so there's a lot of information and he makes it simple to understand. He's a great communicator and he's he uses a lot of stories in his book that just bring this home. And I know in my own life, I have systematically created habits and be, been very aware that, you know, if I, if I decide to do something, say, two or three days in a row at the same time, I'm very aware that I'm creating a habit with that. And it doesn't take very many times to do something before I'm creating a habit. And, and maybe that's a habit I want, or maybe it's a habit I don't want, but be very aware of what you're doing repeatedly in your life and whether or not you want that to be a habit. And uh, some of the habits that I've that I've created systematically, one habit I started, uh, I think it was in, yeah, it was in January of 2020, I started a habit of reading at least 10 pages of a nonfiction book every single day. And so that was like a promise I made to myself. Now, of course, many days I read a lot more than that. But what I realized after I started this was that, you know, 
it was very easy to, you know, to not do that. You know, if I, you know, if I got busy doing other things and all of a sudden I was, you know, the day was over, I think, oh, I haven't, I haven't done any reading today. And because I had systematically created this habit, then it wasn't long before I did do it systematically every day. And it, it was something that really fed me. It was something that really helped me. So it, it was actually another one that I started was walking for an hour every day. And I know that walking is is excellent and it's very good for you. And, you, you know, you don't have to um, work out rigorously every day necessarily but just simply walking every day for an hour can make a big difference and with me it caused something that really surprised me Um, now I will just add in too that this is a habit that was actually one of the easier habits because once I get used to doing this in the morning I'd get up and then I would I would go and and do my walk, so I would get up early enough so I could do that before I had to go anywhere, go to a job, go to work, go to record a podcast, whatever it was. And so uh, I just got so used to it that it, you know, I didn't wake up and think, oh, will I walk today? Oh, where will I walk? Or what will I put on to walk? Like it was all predetermined. And so it was so easy and it was just almost like a gift in a way because it became my time of meditation because before that, my meditation was always um, set aside at a certain time in the morning when I got up, I would meditate. And then I started to do a walking meditation. And so the thing that surprised me was that after I walked for almost a year, it was in December, um, then I started to think, hmm, I think I'd like to just run a bit. And I would just run a little bit and I didn't pressure myself. I didn't think to myself, oh, uh, I'm going to run such and such distance or I'm going to run 20 minutes or whatever. I just ran and if I got tired, I stopped and I walked again. I, I just didn't apply any pressures. And then I got to the point a few weeks later and and it was, well, actually it was by Christmas that I just started running every day. So now I run for an hour every day and I've never been interested in running. I've never wanted, it wasn't a goal I set or anything like that. But once I started doing it, it was something that I enjoyed it and it seemed to feed me. And I just felt so good with it that I am continuing to do it. So I haven't missed any days. And uh, since December, I think there have only been maybe about two days, two or three days, that the temperature has been above freezing. Almost every day the temperature is nice and cold. And uh, like if you live in a hot climate, you're probably going to think that sounds kind of strange. But I just absolutely love going out when it's like minus 10 uh, Celsius or so, minus 15 and it just, oh, the air is so amazing and it just feels so good. And and it doesn't take long before your body is generating heat so you don't have to wear a lot of heavy, heavy clothes or anything like that. But that's a little about habits. So create habits that work for you and and feed you. And, and uh, as far as your mindset, if there are habits that help you move forward, well, 
activity and movement is something that can help you move forward because we we process our thoughts through physical activity. So that's that's something that it's it's good for you to know. Number 6, embrace your fears. So a lot of times we get kind of stuck because we're stuck in our comfort zone. We just get comfortable. We're doing the same thing over and over and over. Well, decide what you want in your life and go for it. Decide what motivates you, what makes you tick. And some people simply don't know. Some people just do not know what it is that they would truly do if they could do anything at all in their life. Well, and so what I've said to some of my coaching clients is, you know, look back to your childhood. Look back to what did you love to do as a child? You know, did you love to dance? Did you love to play hockey? Did you love to draw? You know, think about what you did in your childhood. And through meditation, a lot of times you can get in touch with what motivates you and what makes you tick as well. Discover these things by spending time alone, by spending time in nature or time in silence. Maybe it's not like purely meditation, but you just you just have some quiet time. Or maybe for you, it's running or swimming or mountain climbing or some of these kinds of activities. Once you start doing some of these things, then suddenly thoughts will come to you and you will start to realize what you really want in your life. And if you remember them, because it's easy to forget some of these thoughts. Jot them down. Remember them and then make it a plan to step-by-step step move forward to creating that in your life. Keep those promises to yourself. And that's what it's, it's about is making a promise and sticking to it. Because you'll feel really good if you've made a promise and you stuck to it. If you say to yourself, oh, I'm going to do such and such, and then you just don't do it, that feels like you've cheated yourself. That's not such a good feeling. So there are ways to embrace your fears and to just move forward. And they, it has to do with keeping your promises to yourself. So... Uh, Number seven is journal. Write down your thoughts. And I already alluded to this. Now, in my last point about embracing your fears, I talked about um, how you, you kind of figure out what you truly want in your life. And like I said, some people find, a, find this very difficult to figure it out. But by journaling, that's a great way to get in touch with what you truly want, with what truly matters in your life. And a lot of times we're suppressing our true desires. We're afraid to be vulnerable because we often have fear and pain related to these goals. Maybe we've experienced failures. I mean, we all have. And our subconscious mind wants to protect us. It wants to make sure that we're absolutely safe. So, so it will do almost anything to make sure we don't experience pain or hurt even though it's protecting us in the short term, in the long term, we're, we're much better off to experience some vulnerability and to step out and have the courage to embrace our fears. So daily journaling is a powerful way to make this happen and it can speed up the process considerably. So make a promise to yourself. 
if this is important to you, if you want to move forward and you've really made this decision that you want to change your mindset and you want to move forward, then make this promise to yourself that you will begin to journal on a daily basis. So if you sit down and you just look at a page and you have no idea what to write, then write that down. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to say. Like just start with anything at all as long as you're writing something. And you can do this on a computer if you want to, or you can just do it by writing on a piece of paper. Some people say that's more impactful, but I say like just do it. Just make make the initiative to do it and do it every day. And you'll be surprised how this helps you move forward. Number eight, you can hire a therapist or a counselor to help you with what is causing you to be stuck. They'll set up appointments and they'll offer you a listening ear. And I mean, there are lots and lots of skilled therapists and counselors out there. And many people who have been successful helping people who are stuck or frustrated or have like they, they feel discouraged, they feel like they're not moving forward. There are lots of therapists and counselors who have been successful to help people move forward through this. So this may be a method that you want to consider if you've, if you've exhausted every other method you can think of. So be prepared to be vulnerable. Be prepared to uh, take the time necessary to, to do this. And, and you, you can move forward with the help of a therapist or a counselor. Maybe this is right for you. Maybe it isn't. But it's, it's something that can definitely help you to move forward and deal with your mindset and, and cause you to, you know, have a better sense of contentment in your life. Now, number nine is consider hypnosis. And one of the quickest ways to break through your mind blocks, one of the quickest ways to quell self-bullying and to move forward is to work with a hypnotist. A skilled hypnotist will help you discover what's holding you back a lot faster than some of these other methods. And it's not to say that the other methods aren't effective or powerful. It's just that hypnosis can be a shortcut into your subconscious to address issues that maybe, maybe you've been pushing down for a long time. Maybe your, your conscious mind has been wanting to protect you and you just haven't dealt with the issues. And like I said, psychotherapy or counseling can work, but it sometimes takes months or even years Having a hypnotist help you is usually a lot faster. And you can usually do, you know, make a lot of progress in a matter of a few weeks. And another thing you can do is learn the skill of self-hypnosis. Now, this has been very powerful for me, and I know it's been powerful for a lot of others too. Um, this can take time. And that's understandable. You need to learn the skill. Most people learn how to do this from a hypnotist who already understands how hypnosis works. There are misconceptions out there about hypnosis because it's been used for so long in like movies and TV shows and, you know, those kinds of places. And it's, it's not what you see in TV shows. They're showing you glimpses of what hypnosis is, but it doesn't give really a true view of what it actually is. There are many 
professional hypnotists who have helped people quit smoking, lose weight, deal with depression and pain, all kinds of different different mindset issues and mind blocks. And one of the things about hypnosis is that you have control over what's happening. It's not like you're thinking, oh my gosh, that that hypnotist is going to take over my mind. They're going to take control over me. And that's that's not true. If you're if you're in an, in a situation where you're being hypnotized, you have to have trust. You have to have a sense of trust for that hypnotist. And if that hypnotist starts to say things or do things that you don't agree with, your conscious mind is going to step forward and you're going to like know that, oh, this isn't, this isn't what I want. This isn't right. And, and you're going to be able to take control. So it's not about losing control like you might have seen on TV or at the movies. If you trust your hypnotist, the process you can make, it'll just be overwhelming. I mean, I've had incredible success with my clients and and personally, I have experienced this, been hypnotized quite a number of times and worked through certain events that have been holding me back, certain situations and thoughts and, and so on that have been holding me back. And it's just unbelievable. It's just uh, so powerful. And my clients have told me the same thing. I just talked to one of my clients, Troy, yesterday, and he talked about how he just couldn't believe what what a difference it had made for him and and he had been working on some issues with confidence with me and then I hypnotized him on a Saturday and and he did an endorsement for me and and uh, was talking about how he he uh, was hypnotized on a Saturday and on the Monday he went into work and he he just went right into his boss and and started talking about uh, what he didn't think was fair and what what he didn't think was right. And, and he said in the past, he would never have done that. He would never have had the confidence to do that. And he just felt so empowered as a result of that. So I'm going to include a clip of that conversation right here. Hey, so I'm here with my client, Troy, and I've worked with Troy for a few sessions and uh, he came to me with a couple of issues and he'll tell you about that. So Troy, it's good to have you here with me. And so you came to me and why don't you just talk a little bit about some of the challenges you were having before you you reached out to me? Um, I had kind of issues with uh, low self-esteem and confidence and um, relationship issues. So that's kind of why I wanted to work with you. Yeah, and can you be specific with some of the the confidence issues? Like, can be, you be a little more specific about how you are feeling and the, the areas that you were looking for more confidence in? Well, with uh, with relationships at work in particular, uh, a lot of times I wouldn't stand up for myself, and if I would thought I was being treated unfairly, and uh, but after working with you for five sessions. Um, I remember an incident where it was a Saturday you had worked with me and then Monday I had, uh, I think I was being treated unfairly by one of my supervisors and so it was automatic. I just went and discussed it with him, which I normally wouldn't do. Normally I would just kick back and be like, well, he's the boss. I'm not going to argue with him. 
you know, because where's that going to get me? But, you know, it does something to you when you don't stand up for yourself. So I was just really super pleased that I was able to stand up for myself. I had a battle going on in my head. You know, my the negative voice in my head was saying, what are you doing? This is crazy. Don't talk back to your supervisor. But, but my other voice in my head was saying, hey, I'm busy here. So, I mean, it was really, it was blowing my mind what was going on in there. Well, when we started digging deep and figuring out, hey, where were these confidence issues? Then, you know, some issues came up from childhood regarding your mother and you, you kind of, we worked through that. And can you talk a little bit about the difference that made to the way you then feel today? Well, what, it, what I didn't realize, I mean, first of all, I didn't realize that was an issue until we went into uh, hypnosis. But I, I realized also through working with you that, you know, it wasn't my fault that I was, you know, I always thought it was my fault that I was a bad person, you know. That's the way I felt. And my mother made me feel that way, you know. My mother had a rough childhood too. So it was important for me to forgive her because, I, you know, once I realized it wasn't my fault, then I also was very angry at her too, you know, for making me feel that way. But you, you also need to forgive people, too, because forgiveness is for you. It's not for it's not for them. It's for it's for me. I needed to forgive her for me. And that made a big difference there. Well, you seemed like almost like a new person after you worked through that exercise and and worked through that forgiveness. And you you realized of the things that went on with your mother. You realized that they happened. They happened. But then you looked at those those experiences in a different way and the forgiveness, it just seemed to make such a big difference. Would you agree? Tell us how the forgiveness impacted you. Well, I always thought my mother was just kind of mean to me, but you know, I felt kind of felt sorry for her and I, and I was able to forgive her because I know that her life was not easy. So, I mean, that's rather than being angry at her, her, I was, I was, sorry for her, which, you know, helps, helps me to move on from that. So yeah, it, it made a huge difference. So what would you say, Troy, to anybody that's got, maybe they've got a mindset issue that they can't move through, or they feel stuck, or they, they don't know why they have some of the anger issues they do? What advice would you give them? I'd say they need some hypnosis because I have been you know, through, I've been to therapists, I've been to other hypnotists and I've done lots of different things, you know, cause I thought I was, I thought I was broken and I needed to be fixed. And maybe in some ways I was, but the only thing that worked for me was hypnosis. I mean, there's probably a hundred ways to do it, but hypnosis was the only thing that worked for me. And I have tried a lot of different things for many years. Well Troy, it was great working with you, and I really appreciate you giving this uh, this little video talk to just share a bit about your feelings in regard to our, our working together. Yeah, thank you for letting me tell you everybody about it, because th if they need help, they need to get it from somebody, and that's you. Thanks, Troy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. So I've had a lot of success with my clients and hypnotism is, is a very, very powerful way to move forward, to get unstuck, to help with your mind blocks and your mindset. So 
just to just to uh, go over these nine ways and just to reiterate a bit, the, the first one, identify yourself talk. Number two, mantras and affirmations. Number three, understand the conscious and subconscious mind. Number four, spend time with like-minded people. Number five, create new habits. Number six, embrace your fears. Number seven, journal. Number eight, hire a therapist or a counselor. And number nine, consider hypnosis. So if you are interested in hypnosis, I would be very happy to work with you. Uh, you can email me, Bruce, at mindfulnessmode.com, and we'll set, up a, we'll set up a time to talk. And I, right now at this present moment, I am full. I have, uh, my roster is full as far as uh, the number of clients I have, but I will put you on a waiting list, and I will have something coming up in the next say two to three weeks so I can slot you in there if you want to be on a waiting list and we'll we'll talk about how we can help you. You can move forward, move through this feeling of being stuck and it will make a huge difference in your life. So take these thoughts that I've shared with you and uh, just consider them this week and thank you so much for listening. Have a great week and stay in the mode. Hey, Mindful Tribe, thanks for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, and thanks to Erica Flint's Cascade Hypnosis Center for being our valued sponsor. Hey, Erica, we really appreciate you, and Erica is a terrific teacher of hypnosis, and I know that because I am a graduate of her program. Now, if you're a healer or a coach or a counselor or someone who just loves helping people, consider the powerful results that can be achieved with hypnosis. You can become a hypnotist, just like I did. Contact the team over at CascadeHypnosisCenter.com. And if you'd like to work with me and break through some of those mind blocks, maybe lose weight, maybe quit smoking, maybe it's something else, I would be so thrilled to work with you. And as you've already heard on the show, I'm doing an exciting new beta launch. I've got room for three people. So reach out to me. Just go to mindfulnessmode.com slash let's talk for a free short conversation about what I can do to help you. I look forward to hearing from you. That's mindfulnessmode.com slash let's talk. So now take what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.